the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And it refers here to the entire obedience of Allah Ta'ala in every sense, in every aspect. Because this is the essence of vigor. The verbal vigor that we make is to develop this consciousness of Allah in the heart. This is very important. This is something highly emphasized. Nabi Islam highly emphasized it. In the Quran, charity is emphasized. But the purpose of that is to develop this consciousness in the heart. And when the consciousness develops, this brings about obedience. So the essence of vigor is obedience. So the person is engaged in his trade, in his business, in his occupation, in his profession, whatever. But this does not make him neglectful of the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. He is conscious Allah Ta'ala is aware and I must conduct my business in such a way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased. In terms of how I deal, what I deal with, how I treat people who I deal with, how I treat my employees, how I treat others who I come in contact with. So everything is above board. What I'm dealing in, that is correct, that is halal, that is above board. Then I deal in a fair and just manner, in an honest manner. And then I deal in a way that behoves of a movement. Unfortunately, maybe these things are unfamiliar to people here, but we get these complaints often where we are. Many a times a person says that the non-Muslim staff member is now complaining to the his colleague, Muslim staff member. He's working for a Muslim employer. A non-Muslim staff member is complaining to his colleague. And the question is, that is this what your religion teaches you? That for every error that the person is, he is sworn and his mother and father are sworn at him. And this out of desperation because he needs the job now, so he has to just keep quiet and wait. What a terrible picture of what a kind of invitation we are giving. Is this the invitation with which Islam spread? Many countries, Indonesia is among the greatest, biggest Muslim populations. And Islam spread in Indonesia through the Muslim businessmen. Many other places in the world, it was the Muslim businessmen that became the means of Islam spreading. Even Malawi, this is not far off from us, this, there was a majority, at one time it was almost 90% Muslim. Unfortunately now that percentage has dropped. But where did Islam come from? There was a whole group of traders, Muslim traders. One of them was somebody by the name of Abdullah Jumbe or something of that nature. He was among the foremost that came to trade. But the manner in which they conducted their business became the means of people coming to deen. So this is the topmost thing in his mind, that my, deep, my business also is ours. I will earn via this business, I will earn via this profession, via this job, whatever. But primarily it is ours. This has to become a means of giving the deed to one and all. Allah And from establishing salah. Subhanallah, what is 
thing that is mentioned here because it is in the midst of business time that Salah was done. And especially in the winter months, that Asr Salah becomes a major challenge for many people. It becomes a test. Allah Ta'ala is saying that nothing comes in the way of that Salah. There can be anything in the world, but that Salah will be established. That is a Muslim businessman. Iqami Salah, wa itai zakah, and discharging the zakah. So, and Zikrillah is a practice in the whole of deen. And then highlighting from that is Iqami Salah, wa itai zakah. So, now in the whole of deen, how do you change with that honesty, with that justice, with that fairness? But what drives him to do this? What motivates him? What makes him refrain from that deen which may be very lucrative? Maybe something that with the minimal amount of investment will get a huge profit, but he doesn't want to touch it. He says the haram. There are elements of deception in here. There's interest involved here. So I'm not going to touch it. What drives him to do that? What drives him and motivates him to forsake that profit, but not deceive Allah? Ta'ala? That is the next part of the And that is the concept that is in the heart of every mu'min. Why don't they neglect their salah for business? Why don't they, they cut corners and do deals which are not correct? Why do they pray from everything that Allah has forbidden and make sure everything is above board? This is what drives them. This is what motivates them. And they fear that day when hearts and eyeballs will be overturned. The day of Qiyamah, when those who were not committed to Allah Ta'ala in the world, they will be in this terrible predicament on that day. In total fear. And that the azab of Allah Ta'ala is now facing them. So because in dunya they fear that day, they conduct themselves in dunya in a way that is above board. No deception, nothing. Another ayat of the Quran, Hari Allah Ta'ala speaks of the same thing. وَيْلٌ لِلْمُطَّقِّفِينَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا اتَّعَلُوا عَلَى النَّاسِ يَسْتَوْفُونَ وَإِذَا اَشْعَلُوهُمْ أَوْ وَزَلُوهُمْ يُخْسِرُونَ Allah Ta'ala says, destruction be to the defrauders, to the cheaters. What is their way? That when they take from people, then they make sure they get their full measure. If they buy something and it's going to be waste, they make sure they get the last gram and one gram extra also. Or whichever the measure may be. But when it comes to selling and giving, then now they try to cut corners. Try to give less. Now this is one example, it's not necessarily confined to just something that weighs and measures. In whichever way, that a person when he is on the receiving end, then he wants full. But when he's on the giving end, for example, he's given his time to his employer. So now, is he giving the full work also? Or is he cutting corners in that? So every person this applies to, in his own sphere and capacity and how, whatever field he may be in, this will apply to him. But when it comes to giving whatever, is he giving full? Allah Ta'ala says, why are we doing this? What is the reason that when they, it's time to take, they want to take 100% and time to give, they cut in corners. 
الا يظن اولئك انهم مبعوثون ليوم عظيم يوم يقوم الناس لرب العالمين don't they have the state and belief that they are going to be resurrected on the day of qiyamah and they are going to have to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala and give an account of their deeds so a person who has this consciousness of akhirat he will refrain from this kind of cheating and defrauding so this consciousness of akhirat this is what drives a human this is what motivates him this is what makes him deem in a way that is just that is honest, that is upright, that is fair. And he stays away from every kind of deception. The Tamir Akhtulale was once traveling. So he was traveling from Saharanpur to Kanpur. Points in India to So, for example now, he was traveling from Newcastle to Durban. Now by train, the regulation was that a certain amount of weight the person can carry, like nowadays, a person travels by plane, etc., that is allowed 20 kilos, 30 kilos, you depends on whatever it is. So that is something that's allowed. And over and above that, there's a big weight. So likewise, was the case there. So a person who has excess luggage, he must first buy it or pay for it, get that ticket in his hand. So Tamil Akhtulali had some excess luggage. So he went to the counter to have that excess one luggage weighed and people. So at the counter was a Hindu person who was familiar with him. He knew the personality and he respected him. He knew this, the caliber of the person. In any case, when Hazrat came to the counter to pay for this, so he asked him, What do you have come for? He says, I have an excess luggage, I will pay for it. He says, What are you worried about people? Don't no, no, worry about this. So he says, but this is the regulation, you will pay for it. Anything in excess? So he says, don't worry about it. The guard, now the guard used to be like how we have the conductor, etc. The person was going to be walking up and down the train, checking everybody's not the ticket, everybody's, nobody's got excess luggage. If he's got excess luggage, he's paid for it. Don't worry, I'll talk to the guard and it will be sorted out. In other words, he won't tell you anything. I was asking that this guard is going to go how far? He said, well, he's going to go up to Ghaziabad. For example, now he's going from Newcastle, so this guard is going to go up to Pitamarisburg. Well, he said, what will happen to him? Now, he's going to jump off at Pitamarisburg, another guard is going to jump on. So he's going to take up. So what's going to happen after Pitamarisburg? He says, no, this guard will talk to that guard. And they sort it out. He said, Achyad, what will happen after that, from there onwards? He said, there onwards, that guard will go all the way up to Durban. Then he was asking, what will happen after Durban? After Durban, he said, after Durban, you will reach Durban, that's your destination. He said, no, no, my journey is past Durban. So your journey is past Durban, the stage stops at Durban. He said, no, my journey is past Durban also. Where is your journey to? My journey is up to the hereafter. And I will have to stand on the day of Tiamat on the day of judgment and answer that I, how did I go about this and deceive and cheat in this way? So that person stood in amazement that are there such people also swear on? Who is there? I am making all the arrangements to say, don't worry, it's all sorted out. But he's saying that there's a consciousness ahead. This is that consciousness. 
يخافون يوما تتقلب فيه القلوب والابصار. And they fear that day when hearts and eyeballs will be overturned. In the case of those who are not obedient to Allah. That day when people will be drowning in their frustration due to the sins which they didn't repent from. So this consciousness of Allah, this consciousness of Akhirah, this is what guides a mu'min to deal correctly. And in everything, in all his dealings, whether it is his buying and selling, whether it is for example taking a debt, taking a loan, incurring a debt in some way, to start off with this is something he will try to avoid as far as possible. He will not get himself involved in any debts unnecessarily. In one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu is reported, he made dua, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-kufri wa dayin. Ya Allah, I seek your refuge from kufr and from death. Somebody asked, Ata'atim al-kufra with dayin? Are you equating kufr with death? Obviously not equal. But being mentioned side by side, this is something which has a lot of significance in it. It shows the severity of the issue. So Nabi Sallallahu said, Naam, yes. I'm equating it. Why? Because sometimes, sometimes those debts lead a person also to sell his iman. How many times it happens? A person is steeped in debt, but the weakness of iman, somebody now comes and offers to settle that debt or to pay some bills, but provided you come to the church. And Allah forbid how many people are bringing. So this debt sometimes becomes so severe. The Bismillah is to often make this dua. Among the duas, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ma'thami wal-maghram. Allah, I seek your refuge from every sin. I seek your refuge from death. Some wordings mean balaqid dayin. From the burden of death. The Aisha radiallahu ta'ala asked the Bismillah, so much you ask for protection from death. The Bismillah said, yes. Person gets indebted. He becomes indebted now, he says something, he'll start lying. Now he's definitely lying. And then he starts making a promise which he doesn't keep up to. All this as a result of death. So Muhammad Islam said to his son, avoid death. Because it's a means of disgrace during the day and sleeplessness at night. But that depends on whether the person has that conscience. Many a person, unfortunately, says this qarzi hasana. So qarzi hasana, but people distort it. But Arabic, they take it away to Urdu. They say qarzi hasna. Hasna means to love. You know, how does we qarzi hasna? The poor person comes to ask for his money, please, I need my money now. So long it's overdue, they just laugh at him. This God will come. Inshallah. Tomorrow, that tomorrow which, like in some shops, they have a board there. Cash today, credit tomorrow. You know, tomorrow the person will come and see the same board. Cash today, credit tomorrow. That tomorrow will come, pay up and So likewise, it's tomorrow. So that Karzi Hasna, and Karzi Hasna, and before that poor candidate becomes Karzi Rona. He will just cry about it. So a person is conscious, this part of that Mahamala, it is to start off with, he won't even take a debt unnecessarily. If he's taken some debt, I am conscious of this. I need to fulfill this. I need to pay this. 
And he will do everything that he can to try and get this sorted out. Sometimes some situations come about, it becomes a person is really tied down, then he will be clear, he will be open with them, he's committed. Look, this is my position. And this is what I can try and do and how I can try and sort it out. But to start off with, he will be very cautious. Then part of his mamarat, for example, comes to the matters of inheritance. This is also mamarat. A person will be hyper. The same consciousness of Akhirah. This will now make him make sure that everything is done correctly. Everybody's share is given to the person completely. After her Muslim, Shafisa Rahmatullahi passed away. So at that time, one of the senior Khulafa was Khani Rahmatullahi, Dr. Abdul Hay Rahmatullahi. He was very close to Muslim Shafisa Rahmatullahi, he was the Grand Muslim of Pakistan of his time. In any case, he came for Tazir. He himself was very weak, elderly, sick, weak. Well known personality. And he was the well-known personality. So he at that time, he brought some khamira. Khamira was a kind of paste, some medical thing, the Hakim's mixture for strength, for energy, which belonged to the Muslim <coughs> He brought it and he said, please help you have one spoon of this, you feel so weak, etc. This will give you some energy. The Pani Rahmatullahi, he immediately he knew that this belonged to Muthi Shafisa Rahmatullahi. Maybe he might have been told. So he immediately said, how did you bring this? How did you present this to me? What right have you to present this to me? This is part of the estate. And till the estate is not distributed, you have no right to give me this. So, they explained to Hazrat, all the heirs are present here now. All are adults. And all are happy and have consented that you should have this. So, everybody is present. They all have consented. All are adults that you may have this. So, everybody share that is here. Everybody is happy that you should have it. Then he accepted that. Was one guru, he went to somebody's house, that person was on his deathbed. So others were sitting there, this pious person also sat down. It was night, it was the, those days when there was no electricity, there was a candle or a lamp burning there. So after some time, this person started breathing his last, and eventually he passed away. As soon as he passed away, this pious person that was sitting there, he immediately extinguished the lamp with the candle. So now everybody was in darkness. Somebody asked him, what are you doing? You left everybody in darkness, how are you? Now, do what is necessary. He said, no, this is not something that this, by the way, this is very important that I extinguish this. Is this lamp belonged to this person while he was alive? And while he was alive, it was burning for his benefit. Now that he's passed away, no more belongs to him. It belongs to all the heirs. And who are the heirs? We don't even know who the heirs are now. We're sitting here. We don't even know if there's some... Everybody is consenting to this. And if there's some minor among them, then his consent also is of no consequence. It's not valid. 
So what right do we have to continue using the oil of this lamp? Therefore extinguish it immediately. And they fear the day when hearts and eyeballs will be overturned. Now this is, a, this, is this taqwa of the month of Ramadan has come to teach us taqwa in every facet of deen. That our mu'amalat also are with taqwa. Our mu'asharat is with taqwa. Everything is with taqwa. And this taqwa now makes a person conduct himself in a way that everything is above board, everything is done right. Before he passed away, he had become very ill, so he then confined himself to one room, he was bedridden. In that room, if somebody brought one cup from the, any part of the house, from the kitchen or whatever, as soon as he had used it, he insists to be taken out of the way immediately. One spoon, he insists take it back now. So one day somebody brought something for you to eat or drink or whatever, and he said, take this thing away. He said, okay, just now left there for a while. And he became upset. He said, I said, take this away. Why are you not taking it immediately? So whoever it might have been, one of his children, said, but inshallah, I will take it now. It's not something so urgent. Why are you so impatient that this should go away now? He explained and said, that I have already written my woman was here, and I have already identified him there. That whatever is in this room, that belongs to me. And anything that is not in this room is not belonging to me. That's already, I have given it to others. I have given it to my wife, whatever belongs to her. So now this is already stated that this is the reality. This is what has already transpired. I recorded this is what the case is. Now if this one spoon gets left here, in my own is written what is in this room belongs to me. This spoon will get included in my estate where it doesn't belong to me. How will I answer for that in the day of Qiyamah? This consciousness, that this Muhammad must be completely above board, this definition of property. Many a times, everything is so mixed up, nobody knows what belongs to whom. Everything is ours. But then, Allah forgot that there is a problem, everything is mine. And everybody is saying it's mine. When things are small, then everybody has a very big heart. He says, now it doesn't make money an issue. Because now it's a thousand grand involved, nothing like money issue. You keep it, don't worry, my side. And if it's a hundred thousand dollars, say my heart. Then now nobody is saying, don't make money issue, you keep it. Fine, it's your heart by all means. But the point is, that things need to be clear. Things need to be clarified. There should be clear definition of property. Who owns what? Every item, it must be known who the owner is. Because otherwise it create complications. And then Allah forbid, the kind of problems that ensue. So this is all part of this Muhammad And all part of this taqwa that we are required. That this taqwa must come in our dealings also. This taqwa must come in our ma'asharat, our social life. It must come in every facet of our life. So this Mubarak month Allah has blessed us is to bring this entire taqwa. And for this we will have to learn. Some of these things are not things that you will just be able to understand on our own. You'll have to go to Salama Ikram and cry out, is this what I did right? This deal that I did is it correct? Sometimes, and many times it happens, a person is just talking, just in passing he says something. 
And in passing, he is mentioning actually in a kind of uh, self-praise maybe. That how smart he was, how he did this deal and what a big uh, property made out of it. Now in passing, he is not even asking about it. He is just mentioning in passing. And as he's talking about it, he realizes that this whole deal is haram, 100% his interest. The terminology got changed somewhere, and somebody called it profit, and somebody called it something, and he took it as his, but the whole thing was interest. He's now I invested in so-and-so's business, and he told me 10% every year, or 10% every month, and we'll share the profits and losses, but 10% or what? So 100,000, 10% or 100,000, get 10,000. What is this? This is pure interest. Investment of 10% means 10% of actual profits. If the actual profits is 1 million, you get 10% of 1 million. And the actual profits of the entire business is 1 rand, you get 10% of 1 rand. Plus, it's a loss, you get nothing. But now, this person says, not 10% of 10, 100,000, 100, 10%, 10,000, will get money. And uh, 10,000 profits, 10% profit. Eating the name doesn't make it profit. So, all these things will require that we check the dollar miter. We go and find out from them, especially anything out of the ordinary. Person fire, is this correct? Is this right? Otherwise, some minor adjustments will happen, something will just go off a little bit in some senses, but that too will throw the whole deal off. Whole thing will become haram. And the hadith that we discussed yesterday, where the haram now goes into the belly and a person is now consuming the haram, wearing the haram, now his dua is not accepted, his ibadah is not accepted, everything is affected. So this is the crucial thing that we become conscious of all aspects of the And this taqwa comes in every facet of our life. Become the true servants of Allah wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala grant me and all of us to prophet.
واحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب سرف قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب سرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكرهه إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه المعين والحمد لله